0: Thank you for listening to the Sermon Audio Podcast from Greenwood Baptist Church in Weatherford, Texas. Now here's a message from our senior pastor, Brian Bond. Good morning. First of all, we want to honor our mothers. And, um, you know, I was trying to think of all the different situations that people might be in, but, you know, we we do want to uh, definitely lift up our moms who uh, uh, are are single mothers, our mothers who are... Um, taking care of kids while their their husbands are uh, maybe on mission with our military or uh, down on the border because of law enforcement we need to pray for them um, those who are stay-at-home moms we um, appreciate your role those whose moms at work um, moms that are helping their kids through raise their own kids we appreciate you too and so every other situation i maybe I missed one or two but um, you know a- any one of us can think about our moms and and um, think about the influence that, that they've had, or uh, we know mothers that have had great influences on children, and we want to um, lift them up, and we appreciate all that you do. You know, that, the, the Bible tells us that we are created in the image of God, that male and female created He them, and it takes both men and women to, as close as we can, uh, reflect the character and the glory of God, and women are a big part of that. You show parts of the character and glory of God that men are unable to. And we appreciate how you do that um, in our lives and with children. And uh, we want to lift you up in prayer. So I want to say a prayer right now for moms. You please bow your heads with me. Dear Heavenly Father, we thank you, Lord, for uh, mothers and for the influence that uh, they have and have had in our lives. And Father, I I pray for those uh, who are raising kids right now that, God, you would Um, anoint them by your Spirit to to teach their children uh, the ways of the Lord. And Father, we thank you for the ways they do that, uh, that is unique to them. And thank you for their role. Thank you for uh, the love that they show each of us. And Father, I pray for blessings upon their lives today as we honor them. And we thank you, God, for our moms. And we thank you for those that have gone before us, for those who've lost their mothers um, grandmothers, and so on. And Father, we thank you for the influence that they have had upon our lives. And Lord, we look forward to someday being re- reunited with those in Christ at another day and a greater time. And Father, we thank you, we we praise you, we honor you, and we pray all these things in the name of your Son, Jesus. Amen. Well, uh, I know that probably most of us have something planned for later today, for Mother's Day, and, you know, I, I'm I'm just gonna tell you as humbly as I can that I gave my wife just this awesome gift that took a lot of sacrifice on my part. Um, you know, she's she was really interested in the coronation thing and we'd recorded it and I watched it with her this weekend. <laughs> the entire thing. It's like 39 hours, I'm pretty sure. And I learned some things. I thought some of the some things were cool. Like, Did you know the king gets like a, a uh, he's presented with a pair of, like, gold and jeweled spurs. Uh, I thought that was kind of cool. Now, he only gets to touch them, and then they take him back to some room, but anyway. Um, but they came in there, you know, and they're all wearing these clothes and robes, and then there's the, uh, I don't know, archbishop of this or whatever. And, and he got up, and they all had these really cool-looking robes on. And all my life, I thought, man, what is the point of all these robes? I, you know, I don't really get all that. I saw the point. Because it's a really long ceremony, they gotta say a lot of things. I kid you not, they would reach in there and pull out the words on a card. They had pockets in them robes. I mean, pockets. and so- there were lots of cards in there because they just kept pulling them out and they'd put them in front of the king and he'd read the read the words and then the archbishop of whatever and Barry or something would get up and read his cards and and then they'd go change clothes and come back and do it all over again. I mean, I, it, it was it was amazing and all, all gold everywhere, everything's gold and one of the things that really just kind of shocked me about it was this. They it, it was. You could hear the entire gospel in the service. They took the Lord's Supper there at the, at the coronation thing of the king. They, they prayed over and over. Now, they, were, you know, they, they would talk about how this prayer had been written in such and such time by such and such person, and they'd read it, and then they had these responsive readings. Any of y'all grew up in church? How many of y'all remember the responsive reading things where, you know, maybe we will to do one of those one of these days, not today, so don't get nervous. But, you know, the, 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 the preacher would read stuff, and then the audience would read it back to him because they all had their little cards, you know, where they, were, they knew what to say. But, man, they talked about Jesus, talked about giving praise to God, talked about how the king, just like just as Jesus came not to, to be served but to serve, that was the role of the king. They talked about the blood that he shed, and it was for the forgiveness of sins, talked about being saved, talked about the gospel, talked about all of it. I mean, it was all through this coronation thing that lasted a long time. And at the end of it, I was sitting there thinking, how could a country that has been this based in scripture for centuries, and they even brought out, at one point, they brought out the original King James Bible from 1611. That was one of the most significant events for believers because that was the first Bible that was printed in in mass and given to, now or sold, whatever, to to people that they could have a Bible in their own home. Up to that point, nobody, almost nobody had Bibles except very rich people. And so that was a significant moment. And then they brought him his own Bible that I swear was that big and was wrapped in leather and he like kissed it there on the throne. I don't really get that part. But anyway, he did that. And so I'm thinking, how could a country and a people that are that steeped in the things of God be so spiritually dead. You know, we've been sending missionaries to Britain because it is not, by any stretch, a Christian country. Matter of fact, there's a a lady, she's probably watching today, that came over here to be baptized because she looked all over London where she lives, in in the area where she lives to find a church and couldn't find one to preach the gospel and baptize people. Everywhere she'd go, it, it was she said it was like a group of people that had always been there, and they looked at her like, Why are you here? How could a a group of people, I mean, you can hear the whole gospel in that thing. That's really all they talked about. They would cry out, God save the king, read out prayers, sing Christian songs. Now, some of them were in Latin, so I didn't I might have been singing, Hey, I'm gonna hit it. I don't know what they were singing, but they they were singing How could they get that far from God? And then you you realize, and I'm not trying to criticize, there may be believers, I don't know who believers and who aren't, but you realize they they were just reading what was in front of them, the prayers and everything. They even had a little dude in his own little robes that would come up and hold up the prayer when they read it. And so... Here's the warning, so that can happen to all of us. You, you can just get into a habit or a tradition of doing something and you miss the real meaning of it. I mean all of a sudden here if you've driven for any period of time, you got somewhere and you're like, I don't remember going through that light. Or how, you, you don't even remember what happened up to that point because it's just a habit. Your mind's thinking about other things. And I wonder in life how many times we go through things by habit and we miss something that may be beautiful or that God may be doing on the side, or maybe even right in front of us, because we're just doing it by habit. And so we're going to continue in Acts for a sermon series going forward. And, and one of the things, you know, if God's given me anything that is, that is a gift in relation to, to reading the word or whatever, I, I, one of the things I've always been able to do is look at the Bible and read it as though it was the first time I was reading it. As though I was seeing it afresh. And things there were things that jumped out at me as I was reading this passage we're gonna read today. I couldn't help but just think about how in just a, a chapter or two before, all these people that, that God are blessing That are now the church that have received the Holy Spirit. Just a little while before we're, we're hiding in a room with locked doors because they were afraid of what might happen to them. And now I want to read to you Acts 2, 42 through 47. And this is this is right, this is after they've received the Holy Spirit. And can you imagine everything's changed? And now God is doing stuff they've never seen before. And and they're moving forward together. And they don't have the, oh yeah, my grandma taught me. They don't have any of that. I mean, they know some of the Old Testament things. But God's birthed the church. And they are the first members of the church. They're the first church itself. And so it's all new. And so I want to read to you Acts 2, 42 through 47. And if you'd please stand with me in honor of the reading of God's word. And, you know, I want you to, you may have heard this passage a thousand times, but I want you to really to do your best to hear it and think about it as though you've never heard this before. All the believers devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and to fellowship and to sharing in meals, including the Lord's Supper, and to prayer, a deep sense of awe came over them all. And the apostles performed many miraculous signs and wonders. And all the believers met together in one place and shared everything they had. They sold their property and possessions and shared the money with those in need. They worshiped together at the temple each day. Met in homes for the Lord's Supper and shared their meals with great joy and generosity, all the while praising God and enjoying the goodwill of all the people. And each day the Lord added to their fellowship those who were being saved. Thank you. You may be seated. You know, there were just words that jumped out at this. They're devoting themselves. They had a deep sense of awe that came over them all. The, the apostles were performing miraculous signs and wonders. The, the believers met together. They shared everything. They were selling their possessions and sharing the money with those in need. They shared their meals with great joy and generosity. All the while praising God. I mean, can you imagine every day showing up somewhere and thinking and asking, man, what, what happened today? What happened? Hey, where, where did he come from? Hey, I, I didn't know you were, hey, I, I just got saved this morning. Every day, God was adding to their number. Every day, there was something new. Every day, there was a new sign and a new wonder. You know, one of the things of, about this is it gives a real definition of what real fellowship is about. You know, there were a couple of things that you see there. They were devoting themselves to the apostles' teaching, to the Word of God. They were, they were sharing life together. You know, church wasn't just something they did on Sundays. It was, it was something that was dominating every moment of their life. You know, now, practical me thinks, well, man, how in the world did they, like, do their business and handle their jobs and do all that? But th- there's nothing even said about it. I mean, I'm sure they were. But they, they met together. They couldn't wait to get together. They were sharing with one another. When somebody had a need, they met the need. When somebody was in trouble, they went and they took care of them true fellowship. And you know what, the the thing about fellowship, you you can have relationships with people and you can have different things that you have in common. You know, all of us, we, there are all these little worlds or little, you know, kind of societies that are out there. There's this group and they do this and you know, you get to know them. And then there's groups that, that you know, their kids do this and they, they're all together. And then there's guys that, you know, they're in this club or they like to participate in this sport or whatever. And there's ladies that, you know, they, they have this career or they do that. And, and so you have all these groups where you have something in common and, and you know, you, you go and you spend time with them and you enjoy it and it's good and that's all good. And it's something we, the, as believers, we ought to participate in at some level. But there's nothing like when believers get together and share life and praise God together and meet each other's needs. There's just nothing like it. It's real fellowship. All the believers met together in one place and shared everything they had. You know, one of the reasons why I love this church is because there's so much of that, that that's part of who we are. You know, there, there are needs that are being met all the time that nobody hears about, and that's, that's good. There's things that, that we've done as a church. We, we built a, a lady who was a widow a home several years ago. We've given to people in need. We've, we've, we've tried to be the church to each other. That's one of the things Jesus said. So they're going to know you by the way you love each other. And so we ought to love each other. And that's part of fellowship. And so I love that about our church. And I know there's others that do the same thing, but I love it about how we do that and about how we share life together. And You know, if you're really, there, you can have true fellowship here. Now, it ain't just going to rub off on you on Sunday mornings, I, I'm going to tell you that. you gotta, you got you to take some steps, but you can have true fellowship here. And there, there are believers here that will welcome you, that will open up their their lives to you, their small groups. And anyway, they love, they love people and they'll love you too. And you'll never have friends like the friends you have that are following Christ along with you. I mean, for one thing, you know, that's a forever thing. That's never going to end. Sometimes they move, sometimes you move, sometimes things take you apart in life. But you know what? There, there are people that I've shared life with in the past that I'm going to be reunited with and we're going to take it right where we You ever met those friends where just, you, you see them, you know, you hadn't seen them in years, and then like, you just take right up where you left off? That's what true fellowship's like. Philippians 2, 1 through 4, is, if there, is there any encouragement from belonging to Christ, any comfort from his love, any fellowship together in the Spirit? Are your hearts tender and compassionate? then make me truly happy by agreeing wholeheartedly with each other, loving one another, and working together with one mind and purpose. Don't be selfish. Don't try to impress others. Be humble. Thinking of others is better than yourselves. Don't look out only for your own interests, but take an interest in others too. And you know what we need to teach our kids this? How to love other people in the body. Because let me, let me tell you something, right now, it's, it's an awesome experience and, and there's some needs we get to meet, but there's going to come a day where you may, you may lose your job because of your stand for Jesus and you're going to need people that can help. You're going to need a circle of people you can trust. You're going to need a circle of people that will gather around you and help you get through it. And those days are coming. So make sure you have fellowship in your life. One of the things that really kind of struck me about all the book of Acts is that there's this one word that just talks about over and over again. It's the word daily. You know, it doesn't talk about when once a week they got together and had church, and and you know what, this this is important, but they shared life together. And there's so much about it that was daily. Acts 2.46, They worshiped together at the temple each day. They went down to the temple and worshiped. And you know what? There's nowhere in there where it says, we're going to have a meeting at 6 o'clock. Y'all come to our meeting. We're going to meet. It's going to be good. So, you know, it doesn't really say what happened, but, you know, part of me just gets this, this idea that, that they were just so they wanted to see people and they wanted to know what was going on that they would just show up and maybe it was something that just happened all day long with different groups of people. I don't I don't know. I mean, it doesn't say they met at this time or that time or whatever, but they they showed up and worshiped together daily, every day. You know, worship's not just something we do on Sundays. It's something we do all the time. And I I want to tell you the flip side of that. You know, I tell, well, you know, I I worship God out by myself in the woods in a deer blind. You should. But the Bible also says don't forsake the gathering together. You see, it's not a question of either or. It's a question of both and. Yeah, you ought to worship wherever you're at. You ought to worship when you're just with your friends. Maybe it's not. I'm not saying next time you're out with your buddy, let's, would you turn in your hymnal to number 630? Let's sing together. I'm not saying you do that. Man. If that's what you want to do, go ahead. But maybe it's just talking about how awesome God is. worship. It's ascribing worship to something. And maybe that's just in the way you talk or the way you share about something that God's doing. They worship together. Acts 6-1, and this was the first kind of church conflict. The Greek-speaking believers complained about the Hebrew-speaking believers saying that their widows were being discriminated against in the daily distribution of food. Now, we can get into the whole uh, Greek-speaking versus Hebrew-speaking and whatever, but the, the key thing that I got from that is that they were giving food every day to the widows that needed help. Every single day. They were distributing food. They were serving every day. And you know what? Some of the people that I have been close to through the years, it's not been because of necessarily shared interest, because we both like this or like that. It's been the people that I've served with. Because those are, you remember, when you're serving together, and God does something. You remember that. You know, one of the, one of the challenges, I think, is we need to develop, develop good habits in life. You wanna be in the habit of reading the Word of God every day. But at the same time, don't allow the reading of the Word of God just to become a habit. You know what I'm, you, you see what I'm saying? You know, there's times when I, I even find myself, my, my mind's wandering even as I'm reading, and I get to the end of a, of a, whatever it is I'm reading, and I'm like, man, what did I just read? And I'll make myself go back and start over and read it and try to clear my mind. And let me tell you something, you will never face more distractions in your mind or around you than when you're trying to read the Word of God. You will not. There will be things shooting across you. Oh, man, what about this? I need to do that. I got to get this done. And before you know it, just like when you're driving, you're way down the road and you don't remember anything. Have you all ever done that and thought, man, I sure hope I stopped at that stop sign? Anybody? (laughs) I mean, I guess I, I didn't hear any crashes and I don't see any lights behind me. I think I'm good, but I don't know. When we read the Word of God, it ought to be to hear from God. Acts 17, 11, and the people of Berea were more open-minded than those in Thessalonica, and they listened eagerly to Paul's message. They searched the scriptures day after day to see if Paul and Silas were teaching the truth. They wanted to know for themselves. You know what, I encourage you to do that. Search through what I tell you, search through what I see. You can get our, you can get all the verses I use, check them out in context. Make sure I'm teaching you the truth. I want you to do that. If you feel like I've said something in error, come talk to me. It is not beyond the realm of possibility that I could say something in error. I've accidentally called Moses Noah before and vice versa and said all kinds of things. You know, it says in the Psalms, or maybe it's Proverbs. (laughs) I'm, I'm giving myself a little room, wiggle room there. Y'all see that? Somewhere in the Bible, <laughs> it says where there are many words, transgression is unavoidable. And I speak many words on Sundays. And I know transgression is unavoidable. So check me out. Make sure I didn't speak something in error. Now, I, I'm going to make a name wrong, or word wrong here or there. What he's really talking about is, is, is what, he, what they were teaching <laughs> Was it based in scripture? And I I want you to know that, I want you to see. They did that every day, day after day. Acts 16, five, so the churches were strengthened in their faith and grew larger every day. You know what that tells you? The church was being the church by being out and by living out the things of Jesus. You know, I don't, every now and then, every now and then I will talk to whoever's over our social media thing and I will ask them to put out something about how many people looked up at me at the end of the service to indicate that they would prayed to receive Christ. And I do that to encourage you. Now we don't do it on a lot of Sundays. It doesn't mean there aren't people saved. It just means that we don't wanna get, we're not trying to get caught up in numbers you know, numbers are important in the sense that every number represents a person. And we want you to be able to celebrate what God's doing. But I don't do that every week. But I, I want to, I'm to tell you something. I can, I literally cannot remember. I really literally cannot remember the last Sunday where at least somebody didn't indicate to me they'd prayed to receive Christ. So God's doing, here's what, here's what I want you to see from some of this. The important part of this to me is, you know, we can we can read this and you're like, man, God was really working, the Spirit was really moving. What an opportunity to be a part of the original church. But here's what I want you to understand. The same God that did all that is still working today. The same Holy Spirit that was speaking through the apostles with boldness, the same Holy Spirit that moved people from hiding in the attic to being out living their faith in front of people every single day, the same spirit you have, the same Savior that they proclaimed every single day, that people came to faith in Jesus because they wanted to be forgiven of their sins, and they wanted to be right with God. The same Savior that was talked about then is alive today and is working today. There are still people being saved. There are still people being drawn to Jesus, because of the cross. And so the thing is, we do have an opportunity to be a part of that because here's the, here's the incredible thing. We have a God of infinite creativity. And he still moves in people. He still changes lives. And we get to be a part of that. You know, as much as as much as I would love to have been at Pentecost, that would have been awesome. Literally, other than the entrance, which that was a pretty dramatic entrance, you know, flames were resting on each of them. That, That would have been pretty neat to see. But outside of that, the same spirit they got, I got when I accepted Christ. The same spirit that rested on Paul and Peter rests on you if you know Jesus rests in you. And and so as awesome as that would have been, I wouldn't want to trade where I am now in seeing God work for where they were. Because this is our time to be the church. The church is not something that you do or something that you go to, it's you. Anyone who's in Christ, you are the church. And now the question is, now, hey, being a part, gathering together, that's part of it. The Bible says don't forsake the gathering together. So we're supposed to do that. We're supposed to come together. We're supposed to love on each other. We're supposed to study the word. We're supposed to worship together. But then that's when we get to go and be the church. And see, this church, they started out in Jerusalem meeting together and doing all these things and seeing God do something different every day. And then they had the opportunity to go and be the church. And the opportunity sometimes comes through difficult means. You see, God didn't intend for them just to hang out there and go, man, what an awesome thing. We're the church. Let's all get together. The, the, the purpose wasn't to get together. The purpose was to go out and be the church. Getting together is what gave them the the, the power and the knowledge to go out and be the church. Galatians 4, 4 through 5, it says, But when the time came, when the right time came, God sent his son born of a woman subject to the law. Now, why was this time the right time? Well, there were some very unique things. The children of Israel were scattered all over the world. They'd been scattered through times where they had had rebelled and God had allowed other countries to um, beat them in war and take some of them here as slaves. Some of them escaped. Some of them went here to get away from this. They were all over the place. And so there were literally Jewish temples all all over the world, the known world at the time. And if you notice, they didn't like build a church. They went down to the temple to worship God. They met there every day. And so everywhere there were these opportunities. And not only that, but the Romans, because they were such a huge empire, had conquered huge sections of the world, that if you were in Rome, you had the opportunity, you could go to any one of those places. And not only that, but the Romans were incredible about building roads to travel to all these places, to encourage trade. You know, there was an old saying, all, lo- all roads lead to Rome, because the Romans built most of the roads. And they built them to go everywhere. As a matter of fact, you can go over in different parts of, of Europe and around uh, the old empire of Rome, and you can find roads that the Romans built using bricks or stones that are still actually used today. And so here's the thing, because of this empire, it allowed people freedom to move around the world. If you were a Roman citizen, you could go anywhere. And not only that, you had the means to go anywhere because you had the way to go. There were roads that were built. Then there'd be taverns and things along the way that you could stop and you could stay at, or they probably didn't call them taverns, whatever the Roman Greek word was. Some of y'all can look that up later on Google and let me know. Not right now. Y'all hang with me. But there were places to stay and and ways to get there. And so what happened was there was an opportunity to spread the gospel like there had never been before. Because before all these countries were separate countries and you couldn't just go from one to the other with freedom. You risked your life. But now it's all under the rule of Rome. And so what happens next in Acts chapter 8? Saul, who became Paul later on, was one of the witnesses, and he agreed completely with the killing of Stephen. This is at the, when Stephen was martyred. He was the first martyr. Preached the word of God and was stoned to death for it. A great wave of persecution began that day. So now, do you, do you see now why later on when Saul was converted by Jesus, called by Jesus, and he became a believer Why the churches were so reluctant to receive him in? It's not only what he did after this day, but he started this great wave of persecution, sweeping over the church in Jerusalem. And all the believers, everybody that was there, except the apostles, were scattered throughout the regions of Judea and Samaria. Some devout men came and buried Stephen with great mourning, but Saul was going everywhere to destroy the church. He went from house to house, dragging out both men and women to throw them into prison. But the believers who were scattered preached the good news about Jesus wherever they went. So let me tell you how God used Saul twice. First he used him to send out the church that was in Jerusalem to preach across the world. And then he went around spreading them further through persecution. And then God pulled him in to be one of those who was preaching. Only God could think of a plot twist like that. Only God. In Acts eleven, and this is called the diaspora. Okay, it's the it, we get the word dispersal from it, but it's it's originally more of a um, an agricultural term. It means to to spread. Like you're spreading seed and meanwhile the believers who had been scattered during the persecution after Stephen's death traveled as far as Phoenicia Cyprus and Antioch of Syria they preached the Word of God but only to Jews Jews were meant to be they were to get the word first and then they were going to be supposed to pass it on however some of the believers who went to Antioch from Cyprus and Cyrene began preaching to the Gentiles about the Lord Jesus power of the Lord was with them and a large number of these Gentiles believed and turned to the Lord and then God commanded them to take the gospel to all the world to all nations that was always his intent and God used those who were in that first church and he scattered them all over the world and everywhere they went they preached the good news we are here as a direct result. You know, I wonder if in heaven some days we'll be able to, we'll all be able to trace our lineage back to, our spiritual lineage, back to this church. You know, I wonder if when we get to heaven we'll get to meet everybody. Well, here's the person that that you heard the gospel from when you, you came to Christ. And here's the person that they heard the gospel from when they came to Christ. And here's the person, and so on and so forth, until you get back to one of the original church members, one of the original apostles. Can you imagine how amazing that would be? And see, they've passed it down to us. And now it's our job to pass it down to others. So that if Jesus doesn't come back maybe 400 years from today, a thousand years or whatever, somebody will be in that line where they'll say this person shared the gospel with this person and trace back to, oh yeah, and here's somebody that went to Greenwood Baptist Church that was part of that church, that local body of believers. And they're the one that led the person that led the person that led the person and so on and so forth. We're part of the line. And so here's the thing. It's not about coming to church, while that's important, it's about being the church. It's about being the church. All the believers devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and to fellowship and to sharing in meals, and to prayer, and a deep sense of awe came over them all. How different would this week be if every day you looked out and you went to work, or you went to whatever it is that you do during the day, and you were like, man, I'm going to keep my eyes open and see what God's doing. Because you know what? God may not... Do miraculous signs and wonders through an individual anymore. That was only through the Apostles at the time. But God still does miraculous things and the world is still full of his wonders. And don't allow just habit to keep you from seeing it. And don't allow the things of the earth to keep you from being the church. What a privilege. You know, the first step of being the church is believing and trusting the gospel, just like Peter first priest it, And that is this, that we are sinful men. All have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. And our only way to forgiveness is by asking God to forgive us through a relationship with his son, Jesus. Because Jesus wasn't just anybody, he's not just some guy, he was God's son. He died on the cross for your sins and for mine, and he rose again on the third day according to scripture. They preached it because they had seen him. We preach it because we know him. And then the last thing is you have to Confess Jesus as Lord. Romans 10, nine and 10, that if you confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. And so here's the thing. If you've never trusted Christ as your Savior and Lord, I wanna invite you into a relationship with Jesus. God invites you into a relationship with Jesus. And in so doing, you become one of his children his son or his daughter forever. And you also become the church. And so if you've never done that and you'd like to, I wanna give you the opportunity to do that today. And you know what? I get it, you might've come here for all kinds of reasons and maybe you didn't think this was on the agenda, but let me tell you something. God's agenda is often different from ours and it is always better than ours. And so if this is your opportunity to come to faith in Christ, don't walk away from it, don't put it off. And so what I'm gonna ask you to do is, if if you'd like to know Jesus, if you'd like to know your sins are forgiven, if you'd like to know that you're in right relationship with God for eternity, that means forever to be with Him. I wanna invite you to pray this simple prayer of salvation with me today. Would you please bow your heads and close your eyes? You can repeat these words after me, or you can pray them in your own words. You can pray them in your heart, God will hear you. But if you'd like to know those things that you're forgiven, that you belong to God for all eternity, pray those things with me right now. Dear God in heaven, thank you for loving me, and thank you for Jesus. God, I know I'm a sinner. Forgive me of my sins. Come into my heart and change me. I believe Jesus is your son. I believe he died on the cross for my sins. And I believe he rose on the third day, according to scripture. So today, I trust Jesus as my savior and I confess him as my Lord. If you prayed that prayer, I want to ask you to do one thing. I'm not going to ask you to stand up. You don't have to say anything to anyone here. But if you prayed that prayer Daniel, any minute, I want you to look up at me right now and keep looking until I see you. Without anybody else looking around, if you prayed that prayer, look up at me right now. all right I want to pray for you those of you who made that decision and I also want to pray for the rest of us that God would help us to be the church this week let's pray dear Holy Father Lord, I lift up those who've come to a decision in trusting Jesus. Father, I pray that you would encourage them, that you'd lift them up, that Father, you'd help them to find the right church where they can grow and follow you. And Father, thank you so much for their spiritual journey and the knowledge that their sins are forgiven, they belong to you forever. And they are now your child, your son or your daughter. And thank you for allowing us to be a part of their journey. Father, I pray for each of us that God, you'd help us to look beyond habits and see you because God, you still move and you still work and you change lives like no one else can. Father, we pray and we ask these things in the name of your son, Jesus. Amen. Thank you for listening to the Sermon Audio Podcast from Greenwood Baptist Church in Weatherford, Texas. You can find links to topics and scriptures discussed in this episode by looking at the show notes. You can find more information online at greenwood.church. If you have any questions or comments, please send an email to info at greenwoodbc.com.